not going to want to miss it, ladies and gentlemen, as we move into this New Year's weekend. Oh, I got to tell you, a little bit on the hush, hush, mush, mush. I actually eat up more real estate time. I do a show with Vinny Madunio. That's right. All disco, all the time. No, 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 no. They're not going to deprive me of talk time because when they take talk time away like they did that Christmas Eve Oh, my God, was it horrible. I wonder why Chris Libertini didn't come in this week at all. They had people with pitchforks out there and torches want to burn them down. No, no, this time we're going to have a New Year's uh, extravaganza. May not be as great as Guy Lombardo had for 27 years on radio. We'll get to that momentarily. But I can promise all of you... Better than anything you have on TV. So keep it right here at WABC with Vinny Madunio. We're going to do a disco hour. I'm not going to tell you exactly when. Hush, hush, mush, mush. As he competes now to become the king of Staten Island as Pete Davidson with the long hose has decided to move to Brooklyn. Think of it. You got competition. You get, <coughs> excuse me. You got Vinny Madunio. All of a sudden, he who teaches school at Port Richmond High School by day entertains at night, does his own show here, the protege of Cousin Brucey, Fridays, excuse me, make that Saturdays from uh, 5 to 6 before Cousin Brucey, and so nice they let him do it twice, 5 to 6 before Joe Piscopo on Sundays, either one of those shows. I bogart him. I start spinning stacks of wax disco classics just like this. Burn, baby, burn by the tramps. Meantime, Frank Morano, who should have been competing as the king of Staten Island to replace Pete Davidson, he's too busy having his wine and fromage cheese tasting in Atlantic City rather than being here at WABC. Come on. This is the place you want to be. Give me my music, man. Don't you ever cut my music off, Diego. I know by now, don't you know that I talk over the better music? And because I conflate the music with what I'm talking about. One thing uh, I hope the station takes a resolution this year as the ball drops from Times Square is to never, ever, 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 ever... Have that Mike Slater, that uh, low-budget podcaster on, substituting for Bill O'Reilly. Now, he promised us that Bill O'Reilly would be back from 12 to 12.15, starting the beginning of the year, right? Didn't he promise that? Didn't he say, cross my heart and hope to die? 
Yeah, because if I have to listen to this guy one more time, I will die. Oh, man, what is wrong? I tell you what's wrong. I repeat, I'm going to repeat it again and again and again when I was running for mayor against Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who now has a new moniker, Out of Town Adams. It was August of 2021. We were getting into the nitty-gritty of the campaign, and Comrade Bill de Blasio, who you'll hear about momentarily, the only time I actually ever liked this guy. Hush, hush, mush, mush. But Bill de Blasio announced that if we took one shot Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, we didn't have to wear our masks, right? Remember he said, get one shot and you can take those masks off. No masks, no masks. It was August of 2021. And I'll never forget because Todd Shapiro, the Swift Dealer of our lifetime, and Vito Bruno, who has run so many disco clubs, so many nightclubs, I need to count them on my feet, my toes, and my fingers. Unbeknownst to me, went down to Philadelphia and brought the original Tramps right to 50th and 3rd. They closed off the whole block from Lexington, and it was a danceateria extravaganza. Forget dance fever, right? I mean, we had it going on. People were doing the, the Patty Duke, the bump. They were doing the hustle because they had brought in the real Tramps. Now imagine every one of the Tramps. That's right, from Saturday Night Fever, where they just rocked the world, are actually still living. And they did this classic. And my job was to burn the masks. I brought my stickball bat, right? My trusty stickball bat. And we put all the masks on there as people gathered up. They gave up their masks, started to dance in the streets. And then I tried to torch. I had a torch, and I tried to torch the masks, except they were made of sort of like rubberized plastic. They weren't even melting. And now you had the paparazzi. You had cameras from all over the world. And you know me, I'm like lens slice. Man, I had to deliver. So Vito Bruno went inside. He got an accelerant. I don't know if it was a combination of gasoline, raw alcohol, rubbing alcohol, whatever. And he doused the mask. But in the course of dousing the mask, my entire right hand was doused with either gasoline or with rubbing alcohol. And then I torched it, and man, my hand and my arm went up in flames, but so did all the masks. We had the photo op, we had the video op, people were dancing while I had put my hand into a big bucket of ice and thought, man, I might have to go to either Bellevue or NYU because this burn is bad. But we thought, no more masks, right? No more masks. Psych! That'll try it all. Bill de Blasio single-handedly took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love for eight years and would constantly flip-flop, although Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who followed sweet, he talks about, oh, pivot and ship. But it's the same old flip-flop. And then he told everyone, you got to put your mask back on. Believe it or not, when that ball drops from Times Square... If you happen to be up the hill in Patterson, New Jersey, in Passaic, that's the first ward, or down the hill in the fourth ward, if you're going to school, public school in Patterson, New Jersey, as of January 3rd, you got to mask up. If you're a teacher, if you're a parent, if you're a student aide, if you work in the cafeteria, or if you're any of the kids, whether you go to East Patterson High School, remember Larry Toby, first African-American ever to play in the American League, following Jackie Robinson in the National League, the Brooklyn Dodgers, went to Eastside Patterson High School. Remember, that's where they made the movie, right, about Joe Clark, my hero? 
You remember that? Uh, Diego, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. And then, of course, the biggest high school, Kennedy High School. And then all the junior high schools and public schools where people speak Spanish as the primary language and English as the secondary language because there are so many Dominicanos now and so many Central Americans and Mexicans. It'll soon be a Hispanic enclave as African Americans leave. I don't know if there are any white people left there in Patterson. Not even up the hill, down the hill. What happened to your Alabama projects? Anyway, I digress. Where everything is named after Alexander Hamilton, although it has the most gorgeous falls right in the middle of the city. That yes, yes, Kevin Drosch, our weekend producer, where hipsters and millennials love to go. They momentarily come there when the sun is up, and as soon as the sun is down, the hipsters and millennials get the hell out of town. The, the falls are gorgeous in downtown Patterson. But can you believe it? They're wrapping up our children and our teachers again as if they're hermetically sealing them with masks. You know what's next? Depends, depends, depends. Meantime, uh, in Red China, which now has 250 million people positive with COVID. Positive, 250 million. They have one and a half billion people in total. It's incrementally increasing each and every day. And our country is going to allow flights to resume as of January 5th from Red China into the United States. Danger, Mr. Robinson. Danger, Joe Biden, wherever you might be on the 5th, probably in the basement in your uh, shorefront uh, um, house there in Delaware, right? Well, you know, where you in St. Croix, Virgin Islands, probably be telling some story. To the Virgin Islanders, how he used to be there at Hess Armada when they used to have the big oil refinery there. Oh, I used to be an oil rigger out here. Get out of here. By the way, did Joe Biden ever go to Pedophile Island, which is right off the coast of St. Croix, the Jeffrey Epstein uh, Lolita plane would leave Teterboro and fly Trump? Let's see, it was Epstein, right? It was Bill Gates. It was, of course, uh, Prince Andrew. I could go through a whole laundry. Are you sure Bi Joe Biden wasn't on that flight, guys? Anyway, caused me to digress. Because now the end of China's zero COVID policy is meaning nearly a million people could die during the first three months. Now, I know to us, a million people, that's catastrophic. Yeah, they got a billion and a half people. China rejects social distancing mandates. COVID deaths by the end of April will skyrocket. Well, what is our country doing? Boudicier, 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 Secretary of the Department of Transportation. He's renewing flights from Red China, from Shanghai, Beijing, from Hong Kong, from Macau, right into JFK, right into Newark International Airport. Mistake, mistake, mistake. Oh, my God. And then, of course... We are going to have the welcoming in of the new year. Enough of that, burn, baby, burn. Andy Cohen. I never liked Andy Cohen. I never liked Anderson Cooper. I didn't like him individually. I didn't like him as a team. But then last year, Andy Cohen, in a drunken rage, at the top of two times square, saw... Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his wife, Charlene. Let me tell you something. Oh, please. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a rant. victory lap 
stand <laughs> after four years of the, the crap Trump as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is, is what a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. <laughs> and you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes apart. You. Oh, jump. Should have yelled, jump, jump, de Blasio. Remember he was dancing with Charlene at the top? Oh, God. Made me want to projectile vomit. Well, that's the way we welcome in New Year's today. And let me tell you, when I was a young little whippersnapper, first time I ever watched TV when the ball dropped, it was Guy Lombardo and the Canadian, Royal Canadians. They were Canadians. But they didn't perform in Times Square. No, it was the old Waldorf. We're, we're a few blocks away. The Waldorf owned by, of course, the Red Chinese. But man, he would welcome in the new year. And you know, before he did it on TV, starting in 1956, he did it 27 years on radio when radio was king. And in fact, he is largely responsible for why everybody sings O Lang Syne. Preferably in English. But you know, Diego, so many of your folks here now... I have a feeling Auld Lang Syne may be the English, right? Because in a year or two, it's going to be our secondary language here in New York and, of course, America. So get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Sing Auld Lang Syne to English. Start studying your Spanish in the next year because as the illegal aliens come, like, flooding through when the ball drops. Forget Title 42. We're coming through, right? Our primary language will be Spanish. But you'll know you have a home of your own here at WABC, AM Active Minded, where hopefully we'll still be speaking English. And I'll be here to welcome in the new year prior to the ball dropping in Times Square and all the Michigash there, all the tourists wearing their Depends from Mexico City to Montreal, planning their lives around their trip to New York City. Nobody from New York City is there when the ball drops except if you have to work. I'll be there with the guardian angels as I am every year patrolling, and then I rush back here, and I'll do the countdown, right? Ten, seven, five. Boy, we better get somebody else to do the countdown. I failed math. <laughs> how, the, how the hell am I going to do the countdown? I failed math every year in school. If it wasn't for history... Man, they would have had me in reform school. Yeah, you don't need to go anywhere. Just keep it right here on WABC. I'll welcome in the new year right after Tony Orlando. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. I'm a thought it was the only story yesterday the opening of the first legal weed store license in new york state in the worst possible location because the competition already has strangled them all around from Tompkins square park in the lower east side to washington square park right there in the heart of greenwich village where they deal weed 24 7 365 and they actually have more choice than this new state licensed store is right on the corner of 8th Street and Broadway, right off of Astor Place. As you know, I went down there. I went throughout the neighborhood. I checked on the black market dealing, the pop-up shops, the weed wagons. Everybody was out there dealing, mad dealing. And the state waited to 420. Okay, I get that, 420. And I broadcast for Anthony Weiner, and I told him, Anthony, who was substituting for... Bo Snurdly from 4 to 5, as he will today. Uh, hey, in honor of your friend, uh, Bill Clinton, I was offered a sample. And, you know, I took the joint, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> the crowd loved it. Anthony didn't. Uh, and then I was with uh, John Katsimatidis live from the location of the first legal weed sales in New York State. And I will tell you, mistake, mistake, mistake. They had people lining up for four or five hours, waiting patiently to get in. No cops in sight. Uh, City Hall demanded, and anybody wearing a blue uniform disappear. They were nowhere to be found because we didn't want to upset the potheads. Gee. Remember, the cops don't, don't rule the streets in the day, and they don't rule at night either. They're told to retreat, stand back. How shameful of that. But anyway... So they closed at 7 o'clock. They're going to be open every day, 11 to 7. And they had like a 1,000 people still left online. And they told them, come back tomorrow. Like, why would they come back tomorrow? All they had to do was go to Washington Square Park or over to Tompkins Square Park and buy their weed there and buy their edibles and buy all their ancillary products because those folks in the black market have been selling them for years. And by the way... Inquiring minds want to know price compare, right? Because let's face it, a lot of people, you're on a, uh, uh, you live paycheck to paycheck. Are you going to buy your weed in a state licensed store where, A, number one, when you walk through the door, they card you. Got to make sure you're 21, right? So you got to show your ID. A lot of people, they don't want to show their ID, right? They say, oh, is this some kind of government uh, plot to, to sort of like uh, get all my information? That's number one. Number two, you got to pay tax, 13% on whatever you buy. That's extortion. That uh, Sales tax, state and city combined, is about 8.5%. Why are they charging 13%? They're already too pricey to begin with to, uh, to compare with what the black market offers. And remember, the black market offers you better product because they bring in their reefer from uh, <laughs> Northern California, Humboldt County. California reefer is better than what you grow in New York State. You see, when you buy from a state-licensed weed shop, they can only sell products from that state. So all the marijuana products at the state-licensed New York uh, 
WeChat from New York. Likewise, Jersey does it better. I'm telling you, Jersey does it better. Remember that. They did it better with no cash bail. They have no cash bail. They have nowhere near the problems. They did it better with the opening of the legalization of the recreational use of marijuana. Their stores, they had about 32 of them. They've had some hiccups along the way, but, you know, they didn't turn away anybody. You're in retail. you got a 1,000 people outside. You stay open extra hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Are you nuts? First law retail. Stay open extra hours. Even when there are extra lines for voting, right, what do they do? They go to a judge. Can we have uh, a court order to extend voting for another hour? There are so many people still waiting to vote. But not if you're there to buy your state license marijuana. Tough nookies, come back tomorrow. They're not coming back. He went to the weed shop right across the street, the pop-up weed shop. There was a weed wagon two blocks down, Washington Square. They were still selling mad reefer like they always do, 24-7, 365 in Tompkins Square Park. That's why this location was the worst possible location to open up because of all the competition. Now, this is the other problem. You can't sample the product. So let's say you go into the um, state-licensed weed store, whether in New York or New Jersey, and you say, I see that's a new strain, a new bud that they're growing here in our state. Can I sample it? No. Sorry. You go to the black market dealer. You say, yeah, I got a pipe right here. You want to sample it? What do you think? You want to go with what you normally buy? You know, your Maui Waui? Or do you, you want to try the Hindu Kush? <laughs> right there. And they give you credit. So that if all of a sudden you don't have enough money like Wimpy to get a hamburger on Tuesday, you can pay him on Thursday. They give you credit. And no tax. And by the way... Because marijuana is still graded as a number one dangerous drug, level one dangerous drug. How crazy is this? Along with fentanyl and heroin by the federal government. You collect all that money in a state licensed store. No debit cards. No credit cards. You got to have cash. And no wonder why they're closing at 7 at night. Because the stick-up kids are going to be waiting outside. They're going to be clocking. Man, they had a 1,000 customers today, man. Average spending, maybe about... Even they can do that kind of math. Say, somebody's got to be coming out with that money, the stuff in their mattress, because you can't open up a bank account. Whereas uh, you're in the black market, right? You don't report to nobody. You don't report to the IRS. Man, you're rolling in dough. This is not the way to knock out the competition. But I am happy that Eric Adams, swagger man, and with his new nickname, Out of Town Adams, did not show up because he's been a goofball when it comes to trying to eliminate the black market. Remember when he was uh, elected? The day after he beat me fair and square in the election, he shows up with Stephen Colbert. And what does he offer Stephen Colbert? A nickel and dime bag of reefer. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you it's know. big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later. You know? (laughs) Jerky boy, right? Like a kid in junior high school after smoking their first ragweed joint. But it got worse. One thing for sure, one law that was passed is clearly being practiced right now because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. (laughs) Someone is smoking. (laughs) 
And I'm so happy he didn't show up like the other politicians because somebody would have said, yo, yo, man, you want to blaze away on my fatty? And he would have. In fact, he would have said, hey, give me some bamboo, man. I'll, I'll roll a fatty myself without the seeds and stems. But then the dopiest was when he's telling the black market he's going to crack down on the weed wagons, you're dealing out in the street, or you're dealing from an overnight pop-up weed store. How are they going to take you seriously when you're acting like a total goofball? The cannabis industry is is, is a budding uh, economy. I just realized that bud. <laughs> Put that in here. <laughs> it's a budding economy. <laughs> and and we want to make sure that we get it right so that we can say in the city of New York that we are the joint. <laughs> now, come on. If you're in the black market, after you smoked your joint, right, and you're getting giddy and you're looking at the mayor, say this guy's not serious. He's talking about, we want to educate, not incarcerate. Man. Jersey did it better, just like with no cash bail. Why can't we just imitate what Jersey did? Oh, no, because we're too omnipotent, too pretentious. We're so full of ourselves in New York. All you got to do is Xerox copy what Jersey did. But, boy, I was transported on the time machine. Yesterday, when Noam Layden, our news director, came in early in the morning, as I was doing, uh, along with John Katsimatidis, the uh, Sid Rosenberg and Friends show. And it was like a blast from the past. He said somewhere on 17th Avenue, apparently there was a, a home invasion at 6 in the morning. Two guys, they stabbed and killed a father. He stabbed uh, a young girl, about 19, and another young girl. They were sisters, and um, they're lucky to be alive. And I, I just so let me see, 17. I thought it was Asians. I thought it was Chinese, you know, because it's before the Asian Lunar New Year, which starts this month in January, and I thought for sure they were trying to probably hit that house and maybe had some gold, maybe had some money in there. I couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. It was almost a flashback. To the movie that, well, we grew up with Dog Day Afternoon. Al Pacino, remember him and his partner when they took over the bank? How could I forget it? I can actually see that scene. Sonny and Salvatore taking over the first Brooklyn Savings Bank. crowd was going crazy, and we find out that the whole reason for robbing the bank was so that Sonny's partner, Leon, could get a sex change operation. Leon was a man who wanted to become a female, a Christine Jorgensen. Reassignment surgery. 1972, 50 years later, it turns out that a transgender daughter was the one who stabbed her own sister, almost killed her, and stabbed to death her father, who, by the way, encouraged her to get that uh, sex reassignment surgery and paid for it. Fifty years later, almost in the same area of Brooklyn, different set of circumstances, but it still involved a sex reassignment surgery. In this case, you didn't have to rob a bank. The father who worked at a diner paid for it, supported her in the transition, and ended up getting killed as a result of her 
obviously psychotic episodes. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I got vertigo. I got vertigo. You too, I got vertigo. You know, I don't just work here at WABC and eat up as much real estate as I can, 24-7-365, where WABC, the Ackerman, always means, always broadcasting Curtis. says, I've done all this uh, week and I'll do all weekend long. You give up real estate time, I don't care who you are out there, I'll eat it up and you won't get it back. But, I was listening to Lydia Serrani doing a great job substituting for Brian Kilme because naturally, like typical talk show hosts, when he's on vacation, he uh, goes to uh, the junior varsity, finds somebody who last did radio in junior high school, like uh, our own Bill O'Reilly, and it's like they're not ready for primetime. So our management, our ownership said, get that guy the hell out of here. Put in Lydia Serrani. She's done a great job all week. 10 to 12, right before I come on, 12, 15 to 1. And Dominic Carter, he's going like a, uh, you're getting like a double header, right? Daytime, nighttime, it's sort of like, (laughs) we used to call that, uh, you get two games, uh, a daytime game, and then you come back for a nighttime game. Uh, Dominic Carter doing a great job substituting uh, from uh, 1 to 3 for Lieutenant uh, Colonel Kelly. Uh, doing his own show, 12 to 1, and doing the first two hours of Frank Morano. I did the last two hours. I guess Frank Morano thinks it's more important to, uh, to sample cheese and fromage and wine in Atlantic City than to be here on WABC, a place that every broadcaster wants to be. Your loss, Frank. Dominic Carter's gain. He did a great job. Give it a standing ovation. It'll be on right after me. But as I was listening to Lydia... Oh, I heard somebody who did not identify himself. A blast from the past as he was talking about crime in 2022 in the city and the work of Eric Adams, Swagger Man, No Plan, and the Missing in Action Police Commissioner, Sewell. I said, wow, it's Joe Esposito. Yeah, and listen, he came into office probably with the worst scenario possible yes we had eight years of of horrible uh uh, government in 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 this city he came in with no tools no morale for the police department uh no budget i mean we are in a terrible terrible budget crisis the last mayor spent every nickel we had so he i i don't i can't think of a mayor that had to come into office with worse conditions and he's doing okay he's doing he's doing better than okay really joe are you in a drug-induced psychosis? Could I hear the end of that better than any mayor? Could I hear that again? Part two. Part two. 68. 68. Follow-up. He's doing okay. He's doing, he's doing better than okay. No, that's not it. Oh, mother no, my. Let it go. Let it go. I knew this was going to happen. Never. I can never get through 40. I can't 40. think of a mayor that had to come into office with worse conditions and he's doing okay he's doing he's doing better than okay you can't think of a mayor joe esposito who came in in worse conditions 
Let me remind you, Joe Esposito, that our Kumbada Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, who may be broadcasting from Mar-a-Lago today, that's right, the Trump compound, that when Rudy came in, there were like 2,250 murders a year, Joe Esposito, 3,000 rapes, 100,000 robberies, 44,000 felony assaults, 100,000 burglaries and grand larcenies. Nothing compared to what Adams inherited from de Blasio. So, well, there will be about 440 murders this year. It's down, shootings down. And the other major seven cri- uh, crime categories, burglary, grand larceny, auto, Joe Esposito, grand larceny, theft of property, up by 25% each category. Now, I said to myself, hmm, Joe Esposito, wait, friend of uh, Sid Rosenberg, Friend of Anthony and Frank Carone, the crooked Carones, the outgoing chief of staff of Eric Adams, they sit down at the restaurants out there in the Rockaways and they talk about, how can we spin this to make it sound like Eric Adams is doing a good job? Oh, that's right. Did Joe Esposito tell Lydia Serrani that he had been hired by that crook Eric Ulrich, that mobbed-up Eric Ulrich who had to quit his job? Because he owes so much money to the banana crime family because he's a degenerate gambler. And he's now wired up like a Christmas tree by the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who took his phone. And even Sid Rosenberg, who's a neighbor of his, is smart enough. He he learned from me, Joe, don't talk to Eric Ulrich. Did you identify yourself, uh, Joe Esposito, that you work for Eric Adams now? That you were fired by Bill de Blasio wrongfully? Uh, as head of the Office of Emergency Management, why didn't you identify yourself and say, you know, for purposes of transparency, let me tell you that I was hired by the crook Eric Ulrich, the mobbed up, uh, I owe money to the banana crime family because I'm a degenerate gambler, to be the Department of Buildings' new commissioner of enforcement. Did he Did he say that? No, no, he didn't say that, did he? Ha, ha, ha. Come on, Joe, this is Curtis Sliwa. I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried them. Oh, yeah, but you're coming on. And a pop, yeah, hey, oh, yeah, Eric Adams and the Missing in Action, Sewell doing a great job. Hey, Joe, maybe you want to explain to me how your boss, the deputy mayor of public safety, Phil Banks, a confidential informant who should have gone to jail for stealing money, for stealing gratuities and favors, from uh, the two uh, Orthodox Jewish guys who testified against de Blasio and then Mangano out in Nassau County, Mangano doing 12 years because of that, how this guy was appointed by Eric Adams, your newfound friend, uh, Eric, uh, all of a sudden Sid Rosenberg's friend, Eric Holrich's friend who gave him a job, right, because he raised a million dollars from uh, the building trade industry so that they could have an easy pass through him, the banana crime family. Uh, how your boss, uh, Phil Banks, ended up having his company hired by the MTA, money-taking agency, the private security guards. You may have heard the headlines, ladies and gentlemen, where the three private security officers unarmed at 14th Street Union Square. By the way, there's a transit police precinct right there. I don't know why we need uh, private security officers. Beat the hell out of this guy from Long Island who wasn't avoiding the fare. He wasn't doing fair evasion. He just happened to go out the emergency door to the street above. They beat the living daylights out of him. They got arrested. Kenneth Cole, Rashwad Cesar, whatever the hell his name is, 
and the third guy ran away. How can, how can, how can Phil Banks have a company that then the MTA, the state agency, hires to stop fare evasion? Isn't that sort of a quid pro quo? So from now on, when you're Adams people and you come on, even if you're Eric Adams Republicans or you're hired by Eric Adams and you're part of his administration, come on, identify yourself. Just say, hey, look, uh, for transparency's sake, I'm Joe Esposito. Yeah, I used to work for I used to work for Rudy Giuliani. I used to work for Bloomberg. I worked for uh, excuse me, for uh, de Blasio. He fired me wrongfully. I agree with that. But let's be honest. Because uh, let me hear that that that, that second cut, please, uh, in which he called uh, Eric Adams. Uh, he thinks that the mayor inherited the worst conditions ever. I can't think of a mayor that had to come into office with worse conditions, and he's doing okay. He's doing a, he's doing better than okay. Joe Esposito, I'm going to send this to your former very dear friend Rudy Giuliani. Maybe you can explain this to him. God. Are you that desperate for a job, Joe Esposito? Have you have you all of a sudden become a sycophant, toady, and lackey because you need to work for Eric Adams? Hey, in the old neighborhood, Joe, we call that udiscraziata. That's a shanda. I'll be back, as I will all weekend long.